0: Welcome friends to another episode of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast where I talk about video game news, stories, and highlights from the past week. This week, I am going to talk about the next generation of console gaming. This November is going to be the five-year anniversary for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. So I thought it'd be fun to take a look at the future and maybe talk about what the next generation of console gaming could look like. I'm also going to talk about some indie games, specifically some of the best indie games you can play on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I want to give a huge shout-out to Brian Packwin for giving me suggestions for this week's episode. And with that being said, if you have any suggestions, comments, Feedback for the show, you can email me those at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me out on Facebook. I have a Facebook page for the podcast, Games Are Fun, all one word. Go check it out. Um, Also, I wanted to note that the podcast is now on iTunes. You can get Games Are Fun on iTunes. Maybe you're listening to this podcast on iTunes right now. If that's the case, you're already one step ahead of me. Um, as always, you can get this uh, you can get the podcast on SoundCloud and Castbox. I really appreciate the support that you guys continue to give me. It really motivates me to keep doing better at this show. Couple notes before we get into today's topic. I did want to mention that um, in the coming weeks, I do plan on having guests on the show, rather than just sitting here talking about myself. I obviously want to get some people on the show to give their thoughts and comments on whatever the topic is for that day. And so, yeah, you can expect that episodes like that are coming in the future. So please stay tuned for that. And yeah, that's all I got for right now. So let's get right into things. So when I, I talked about a couple last week on kind of my thoughts leading up to when the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 were announced and my kind of decision whether I was going to go with Xbox or PlayStation. And that kind of got me thinking uh, a little bit about the consoles for the next generation. So we're we're kind of assuming that it's going to be the PlayStation 5 and Xbox also has... um, uncut that there's been a reveal that the new console is codenamed project scarlet so if we look back to the xbox one x that was project scorpio that they they use code names for all of their future consoles so so when are the new consoles going to come out well if we look at the lat this generation we're like i mentioned earlier we're about five years into the xbox one and playstation 4 so not quite as long as the last generation of consoles but we are getting to that point where it's expected that a, an announcement for new hardware is going to come from sony and microsoft it's just inevitable um, part of me is really excited for that but whenever there's a new flip over into the next generation i also I'm not super happy about it because you think of all the money you've spent on all the games and the console and all the controllers and accessories you have and you're basically going to have to go out and do that again. But that, that's what we pay as being gamers, right? We know that it's not a hobby. If we want to continue and, and play the latest games that are being released, we got to keep up with the releases. So it's one of the things that kind of irritates me but at the same time excites me. So what are these new consoles going to, like, how can they get better? It was the main question I have. If we look at the console jump from, let's say, the PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox to 360 and PlayStation 3, that, that console generation of the 360 and PS3 is so big. If we look at the last games released in that generation compared to the first games, there's a huge wide range of um, development in how those games look, how they, those games play. And so if we look at this generation, even in this five years, I would say games that came out in 2013 don't aren't that much different than games coming out in 2018. The only difference is is we're now focused on 4k resolution, 60 frames per second, and HDR capable games. Those are the kind of highlights that people are trying to have on their game releases. So I'm kind of curious as to what these next generation of consoles can bring. Like 4K resolution, I just got a 4K TV this past year and I'm, I still have my original Xbox One and I have the PlayStation 4 Slim which don't even give an output of 4K and my games look great on a 4K television. If i had an xbox one x or ps4 pro i'm sure i'd even be more blown away because i'm actually getting a 4k resolution output from those consoles but like they, they look so good i i don't know how much further we can go on making these games look even better so at the end of e3 2018 um of the sorry at the end of the e3 2018 microsoft press conference Xbox head Phil Spencer revealed that they're in the designing process of the next Xbox. He didn't give any details, but it was later discovered that it is uh, named Project Scarlet. And as I mentioned earlier, and it could be released as early as 2020. I think that's what everyone's kind of expected. I think next year we could get a possible announcement at E3 2019 for the next generation of consoles and they could come out in 2020. So doing research for uh, this episode, I came across an interview, an article talking about an interview with Giant Bomb. Um, Philip Spencer did an interview with them and commented on two things that Xbox wants to focus on with the Scarlet. So uh, he quotes, I think framerate is an area where consoles can do more said the Xbox boss. When you look at the balance between CPU and GPU in today's consoles, they're a little bit out of whack relative what's on the PC side. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's dead on with that. The console gaming cannot get the high frame rate that PCs are able to do, and I think that's something that they're probably going to focus on because frame rate really does make an impact on gaming. And as well as the CPUs and GPUs, you know, when it comes to start times and how fast things can be processed and loaded up, those are all things. We live in a society where we want things now. We want them on demand. We want them quick. And so I think they're going to try to even improve on making those things faster. also to his point of wanting faster startup times at E3 2018 they during their conference they talked about their fast start technology which is going to be implemented through the Xbox One it's not out yet but it is coming Um, and fast start loads the most crucial game files first so that the player can start the game faster rather than having to wait for a game to load up I think of uh, even just Far Cry Five recently, the a game I've been I have played quite a bit over the last couple months. The initial load times for that games can get a little long. Um, we look at Grand Theft Auto Five is notorious for having long load times, and I think this fast start technology that they're coming out with will help improve that. So we can expect those kinds of things coming from at least Xbox's side of things. But what about PlayStation? So, there isn't as much details around the PlayStation 5 or whatever the next PlayStation console is going to be, but, well, in comparison to the Xbox, but we do have some things that, we, that have been rumored. So, one of the biggest speculations around PlayStation 5 is because Sony announced some games so early on, um, such as Death Stranding, even The Last of Us Part II. Um, those are games because we're getting to that end of the console cycle that could be released both on PlayStation 4 as well as the next generation of consoles. I think Death Stranding for sure is one of those games that would release on both. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, Cyberpunk 2077 are all games that Final Fantasy Seven Remake um, are for sure next generation games um, Starfield from Bethesda, Elder Scrolls 6 those are all games that are going to come out probably relatively soon after um, the next generation of consoles release but as far as the PlayStation 5 goes I don't know how, how what they're going to do. They're basically probably going to have to compete with whatever Xbox is doing um, I think Xbox has done a good thing this generation with making games backwards compatible even being able to play the original Xbox games on xbox one and so i think playstation 5 may pull a move like that where they'll be able to play ps4 games or have a on-demand um on-demand video game service or be able to play playstation 3 games you, you've been going that far back i'm not sure what it looks like but all i do know is that there is going to be some tight competition between the two consoles and i know that xbox is already Looking towards the future and improving what mistakes they made with this generation of console. You know the acquisition of those five studios or the four studios and creating that uh, the initiative studio in Santa Monica. Those are all steps that Xbox is taking to make better games for the future. So that it's really looking good for Xbox. I think that they can come out of the gate winning this. Generation of the console wars by maybe even making their consoles um, more inexpensive than the PlayStation 5. That's what really helped the Xbox 360 is it was actually lower than the PlayStation 3 when it was released. And so, why would someone, or especially why would a parent, go out and buy a PlayStation 3 for their kid when they can buy an Xbox 360 for much cheaper? So yeah, those are those are kind of all my thoughts around the next generation of consoles. You know, I can't, I can't give too much detail because it's all speculation. But I, yeah, I'm interested to know what you guys think. Are you going to buy whatever console comes out next? Are you going to buy a PlayStation Five when it comes out? Are you going to buy the next Xbox when it comes out, or are you going to maybe wait a couple years before you dive dive into buying a new console? I, for one depending on what these consoles look like maybe might look into buying an Xbox one X because by that point I think the Xbox one X will see a a pretty decent price drop and I can upgrade my gaming but still be able to play all the same games that I have I do think that if I had the choice I would probably buy a PlayStation 5 before Xbox's console just because There's those games coming out like Death Stranding that I know is probably going to be a PlayStation 5 game more than a PlayStation 4 game. And that is a game I'm super excited for and, you know, would not want to pass up on playing as soon as I can when it was released. So now, let's talk about indie games. I, for one, as I mentioned earlier, am a huge fan of indie games. Um, Indie games are generally... The, the Indie is short for independent, um, and indie games are games that are developed by independent developers. So developers from smaller studios, um, maybe it's developed by one person, maybe it's developed by a team who doesn't actually have a formal studio, and maybe it's released through Uh, the online platforms like Steam or the Marketplace and isn't actually published by anybody. Um, Generally, indie games aren't as big as AAA games because the money invested into them is not as much as, say, a Call of Duty or a Battlefield game, a AAA game like that. And indie games are special because the people who create them really put their heart into the games. They really focus on making this experience really good for the player. So over the years, I think us console gamers have had more access to indie games as opposed to, you know, previous generations. And that's great. That's one of the biggest parts of this generation that I really like is that I can get a lot of PC indie games on my consoles because they're being ported onto the PlayStation and onto the Xbox. But what, what kind of sucks is that people don't necessarily know about these great games. They focus on the big games, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just there's so many great games out there that I think people are missing the experience to play. And so that's why I kind of wanted to talk about some of the best indie games that you can get. Some of these games are on Xbox. They're on PlayStation. majority all of them are on PC and some of them are on Nintendo Switch even so I'm just going to kind of comment on some of the games that I think stand out that made an impact with me and yeah so one of the first games I wanted to mention is one that I actually finally got around to playing and it's called Inside. So Playdead is the developer for Inside so the studio Playdead is the ones who developed developed Inside And this is not their first game. They also developed a game called Limbo, which is another indie game that I really recommend. Um, And that game was very well received. And so this is kind of like a spiritual successor to Limbo. Um, So I just recently played it, but it's been out for a couple of years now. Um, But it's basically a side-scrolling game. You play as a young boy and you're dropped into a dark kind of world. Um, there is a mixture of kind of some forests, some weird, bizarre factories, um, but also has some platform puzzle elements into it where you're not just climbing up, you know, swinging on ropes and jumping from platform to platform. There's actually puzzles that you need to do in order to progress through the game. And of course there has, there's a a narrative aspect to it there's no actual dialogue in the game but just based on the visuals and events that happen in the game there's that i can't i don't want to spoil anything but it is so worth your time especially at the end of the game there's it's just it gives you this weird kind of you 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 think about the game right after you beat it because there's a lot of symbolic elements in it as well as Um, some metaphors on on things and so it it just it creates a mood that is hypnotic i would say um so i really highly recommend you play inside it's i think roughly 20 bucks on the xbox store playstation store and i think and it's also coming out onto nintendo switch so that's a really great game Um, Another great game is Oxenfree. So, this game was actually on Games with Gold, I think, like about a year ago now. And Oxenfree is another really great indie game. Um, It's a story-driven adventure. And you basically play as Alex and you're with uh, her friends on this island. And so, as you kind of progress through this island, there's a kind of a story... um, the, a story to why you're on this island, but you begin to be experience events that I guess can only be classified as supernatural. And so rather than leaving the island, you guys kind of take the time to explore the island and find, find out why these things are happening. Um, it has a 2.5D art style and it separates itself from other games in the genre because it really does focus on characters and the relationship between the characters. And it gives those cool elements of mystery. And yeah, it's, it's just a great game. If you haven't... I've talked to people who have played it and who aren't really familiar with uh, indie games or don't play as many indie games and they really enjoyed it. Once the credits roll, you'll really be glad that you invested the time into it. So that is definitely another game I recommend. Another indie game that I don't know if it's classified as an indie game, but I wanted to talk about it anyways, and that is uh, Firewatch. Firewatch is in my top three favorite games of all time. i probably put it at number three. And you play as this guy who basically his life has kind of gone to crap and he decides to go and be a fire watch um, ranger, I don't know if that's the official title, out in the forest. So you basically sit in a fire watch tower and watch for forest fires. And in the game you meet, well you don't actually physically meet, Um, there's another tower way 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 far away from yours, but you can actually see it with binoculars. And you have a radio in contact with uh, a lady that is in this Firewatch Tower. So you build a relationship with her. There's also some weird things that kind of happen around the forest that you're kind of patrolling. And you find some kind of deep, dark secrets of some past events that happen there. The story is really engaging. It really brings the player into the game. So that is another game I really recommend. If you were going to take any of the games that I mentioned on this list and actually play them, this is the one game I really hope more people play because is it's a really great game. Another game is Night in the Woods. So this is a game that came out fairly recently, and I actually played it on my Nintendo Switch. And um, this game you play as a cat... Um, and not a cat like uh you basically play as a cat named may who although this game all the characters are animals they're just basically like humans they're dressed like humans they talk like humans they're just animals um so that kind of adds its own originality to this game but basically night in the woods is about may this cat who comes home to her small town she dropped out of college and she heads back to this town called Possum Springs and she gradually begins to see um, that the town and the people involved in the town um, kind of hold a dark past history. And so she begins to explore this mystery with her friends from high school and try to find out what is going on in this town. But at the same time, it also really focuses on mental illness and depression and isolation. And it doesn't necessarily do this directly, but it does so in a way that makes you think about these things and realize that there is some relatable moments in the game that really connects you, the player, to the character May in the game. Um, there's some great dark humor in it, which is great. You have to make some choices throughout the game, but it's really fun it makes there's sad moments there's crazy moments there's fun moments and yeah that's another game that i really really highly recommend so i got two more games the second last game i'm going to talk about is stardew valley stardew valley is like i think 15 bucks if you haven't played it or heard of it go check it out it's basically like a, a game that is a spiritual successor to Harvest Moon. So those of you who played Harvest Moon back in the day will be very familiar with Stardew Valley. Basically, you, the character, take over your grandpa's farm in a small town, Stardew Valley, and you basically farm and get to communicate with the people of the town and you get to build relationships, you get to basically build a life on this farm. And it's it's just a really... game to play when you're trying to just kill time or just kind of have a relaxed moment where you can just sit back and play games Stardew Valley is definitely one of those games it's divided into days so you play like a a day um, from the morning till the night go to bed and continue the cycle and you can basically play for years and years and years and So, yeah, you basically, when it's because there's uh, a set amount of time in the day, you basically have to figure out and prioritize what you do during the day. So that part gets me a little bit stressed out because there's always more things I want to get done in the day. But nonetheless, it's a really fun, relaxing game. Um, If you're looking for a game, especially if you have the Switch, I really highly recommend it on the Switch because it's just a great game that you can kind of sit back, relax, and play it. The last indie game I want to talk about is one that is definitely not for kids. It is an adult game for sure. And that's Hotline Miami. So this is a game, I think you can only get it on PlayStation 4 as well as PC. But it is a kind of top-down shooter. Kind of similar to the original Grand Theft Auto games. Um, but it's a kind of a, a, an ultra-violent shooter brawler game so you basically it's, it's extremely fast paced it's kind of has a very 80s vibe to it um you basically go into each mission and you have to kill basically every enemy that is in the room um and complete whatever objective that that mission has for it um it's really fast paced so that when you enter a room if you're spotted by an enemy they'll kill you within like a second so it's trying to figure out what angles you should enter rooms at how you should kill them whether it's with a melee weapon or with a gun um yeah there, there it's kind of has a puzzle element to it because you have to figure out what the best way to enter and approach the enemies in the room so it, but the biggest thing is, it's just so violent. Like when you kill the enemies, there's blood everywhere. How you kill them is extremely violent. So it is definitely not a game if you don't like violence. But if you are looking for just a real, real release of stress or whatever, check out Hotline Miami. It's it's a fun. It's it's fun. Like let's be honest, it's a, it's a fun game. So that's basically it for this week. It's a kind of a quick episode, but I. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of stories from the news this week that I really wanted to go deep, deep into, so I thought it'd be funner to make this, again, a more open episode. Hopefully next week we can get back to some news, and yeah, thanks again everyone who has come and checked out the podcast. Please make sure you um, subscribe to me on SoundCloud, CastBox on Apple iTunes, I really appreciate the support every little bit helps and we'll see you guys on the next episode well I won't see you but I'll talk at you guys on the next episode next Tuesday all right take care guys